This is Getting to Know Your Bible, a program dedicated to the proclaiming of the good news of Jesus Christ. Here's Billy Lambert. The other day I was looking at my Facebook account and I saw a picture of some of people that I know, grandparents, and they had a child. They were holding a grandchild. And they just had one word there under the picture, precious, precious. You know, when God looks at us, have you ever thought about God thinking thoughts like this? You're precious to me. And you are so precious. I've made things on, on earth for your benefit. I, I, we want to study an Old Testament text today as we talk about this theme, you are precious to God. Please stay tuned. Now, today we're offering a free Bible correspondence course. I emphasize it is free in order that you might know how to receive the course, as a matter of fact, that you might know what the course entails, we want to take just a moment or so. To help you in your study of the Bible, we want to send you this Bible correspondence course. This course is non-denominational. It's based on the Bible. It's conducted by mail, and it's free. To receive this course, write to Getting to Know Your Bible, P.O. Box 314, Summerdale, Alabama, 36580. Or call toll-free 1-877-711-5214. I'm reading today from the 43rd chapter of the book of Isaiah. Isaiah chapter 43. But now thus saith the Lord that created thee, O Jacob, and he that formed thee, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed thee. I have called thee by thy name, thou art mine. When thou pass through the waters, I will be with thee, and, and, and through the waters they shall not overflow thee. When thou walkest through the fire, thou shalt not be burned, neither shall the flame kindle upon thee. For I am the Lord thy God, the Holy One of Israel, thy Savior. I gave Egypt for thy ransom, Ethiopia and Seba for thee. Since thou wast precious in my sight, thou hast been honorable, and I have loved thee. Therefore I will give men for thee and people for thy life. I want you to think about that text for just a moment and some of the highlights that are in it. First of all, in this, God said, I created you. I created you. And indeed, he is the creator, isn't he? 
In Psalms 95 and 6, the psalmist said, Let's kneel before the Lord our Maker. And then he said, I formed you. Genesis 2 and 7 says, God formed man out of the dust of the ground. Man has been formed by God, made by the Lord. He said, I have redeemed you. The ancient people of Israel were redeemed out of Egypt, delivered from bondage by the Lord. He said, I've called you by my name. You belong to me. And God changed Jacob's name to Israel. And in so doing, they were wearing the name of God, Israel. The word El is the, in English is E-L, which means God, Israel. He was the prince of God. I have called you by my name. And then in verse 4, he said, I have loved you. I loved you. And he said in verse 5, I am with you. Man, that's pretty impressive, isn't it? Pretty impressive. And then the Lord said, You were precious in my sight. Precious. Precious to God. We are no less precious to God today. And God has shown how he feels about mankind by all of the things that he's done for us. For for example, he created the world. God created the world with precision. He created it with design. Hebrews chapter 11 says that we under, by faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the Word of God. And the worlds indeed were framed by the Word of God. It was God who created the heavens and the earth, Genesis 1 and 1. When God made this world, God was thinking about man. And he created the world and the earth on which we now live for man, and he created it for our benefit and for us to live on. And he made it with precision. Turn back to Isaiah chapter 40 and look in verse number 12. Isaiah chapter 40 and verse 12. Who has measured the waters in the hollow of his hand? meted out heaven with a span, comprehended the dust of the earth in a measure, and weighed the mountains and scales and the hills in a balance. Even the ratio of water and land was done with precision and design. The creation of mountains and valleys on the earth was done with precision and, and design. God created this old world for man to live in. Turn over to Isaiah chapter 45. Listen to verse number 12. I've made the earth and created man upon it. I, even my hands, my hands have stretched out the heavens and all their host have I commanded. Now why would anyone, (laughs) have you ever thought about it, when you think about what God has done, He commanded the host of heaven. He said, let there be light. There was light. He created man out of the dust of the ground. He's a God. He's an awesome God. 
Why would anyone ever want to defy God like that? I, I don't understand. Now listen to verse 18. Thus saith the Lord that created the heavens, God himself that formed the earth and made it. God created it. He hath established it. He created it not in vain. That is, it wasn't without purpose. It wasn't without design. He formed it. Why? To be inhabited. I am the Lord and there is none else. You see, when God created the earth, he was thinking about man. I think that's one of the ways that he shows how precious we are indeed to him when he created the world for man to live in and to live on. You see, the earth and all the things that are in it were made with certain design. For example, you think about the distance of the sun from the earth. Some have suggested that if the sun were farther away from the earth, that we would freeze. And that if the sun were closer to the earth, we would get so hot that likely we would burn up. You see, when God put the sun in the heavens, he did it with precision. And think about the distance of the moon from the earth. And you think about the, the tilt of the earth on its axis. It's just right to help sustain life on this earth. Everything about the earth was made so that man could live on this earth. You think about the balance between the oxygen we breathe and the carbon dioxide. And, and that's not an accident. All of that's with design. That's with precision and thoughtfulness on the part of God. And this, this planet was made for man to live on. We're so precious to God that he was thinking about us. He was thinking about mankind when he made this. And you think about the seasons of the year. Are they accidental? Is it an accident around October, November that we start seeing leaves fall off the trees and it begins to get colder? And then, and then about uh, April, May, things begin to change and the leaves start coming back out on the trees and the flowers begin to bloom and people plant their gardens. And, and is it an accident that somewhere around June that the weather begins to get warm and then again about September, October, November, things begin to cool off again? No, those are the seasons of the year. And God said in Genesis eight twenty two that as long as the earth remains and we'd have cold and heat, we'd have summer and winter, we'd have all of those seasons of the year and we'd have the change in the temperature. You see, God showed his concern for us when he created this world with design and with precision and with care. Folks, we're precious to God. We're precious to him. And this old world that we live on, it really is just temporary residence. It's not going to be here forever. That, that, if you studied the Bible to any extent, you understand that, don't you? 
that this world is temporary. It's, a, it's, a, it's just a temporary place to live for the Christian. It's a place, our dressing room for eternity. In Philippians 3.20, Paul said, Our citizenship is in heaven. And our citizenship is in heaven. We're citizens of a heavenly country. And, and we're not going to remain here because the earth is not going to last. Second Peter 3 and 10 says, The day of the Lord will come as a thief of the night, into which the heavens will pass away with a great noise, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat, and the earth also and the things that are therein shall be burned up. Just as God had the power to create the earth for us to live on, he has the power to take it away, to take it away, to destroy it at the end of time. In Psalms 102 and verses 25 and 26, the psalmist said, Of old thou hast laid the foundations of the earth, the heavens are the work of your hands, but they shall perish. What will perish? The heavens and the earth will perish. But he said, You're going to endure, God. You know, it behooves us, in light of all of that, to, to put more of our faith in something that's going to last. Folks, the earth made to be inhabited by man is not going to last. One day it's going to be destroyed. But that which will endure is God himself. In 1 Peter 2, beginning in verse 15, John wrote, uh, 1 John 2 rather, beginning in verse 15, John wrote, Love not the world. Neither the things that are in the world, for if any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. Now listen, the world passeth away, and the lust thereof, but he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. You know, that's enough for me right there. That, that, that's enough motivation for me want to give my life to God, to give my life to Jesus, knowing that one day this old earth is going to be destroyed, is going to come to an end, but if I put my trust in the Lord, I can live forever. Have you ever given your life to Jesus? Do you believe that He's the Son of God? You say, I do, Brother Lambert. Are you willing to repent of all of your sins? I mean, put sin behind you and get out of the willful, deliberate, sinning business? You've been doing things that you know you ought not to be doing. Are you, are you willing to, to turn away from those things? That is, repent. Well, then would you be willing, because Jesus said so, to be baptized for the remission of your sins? Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, Acts 2.38. Would you be willing to do that? Well, then you see, this old earth may be destroyed, and if you put your trust and faith in Him, and once you're baptized and become a child of God, and you live for Him, and you worship with the Lord's people on the Lord's day, you get involved in the work of the church, you remain faithful to death, you've got a better circumstance waiting for you in an upper and better kingdom. And that's heaven. God's thinking about us all the time. And we're precious to Him because He made this earth as a place that man can live just for a little while. 
But, but God has shown that, that we're precious to him because he gave his son. Why did he do that? To redeem us. You know, in our text, he told Israel, I, I have redeemed you. I have redeemed you. And just as he redeemed them, the Lord gave Jesus that we might be redeemed. In whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. Redeemed. What does that mean? Some of you might be old enough that you can remember the stamps that you used to collect. And if you get a book of stamps, you could take them to and, and redeem them for some object, some uh, something that you saw in their little catalog. I remember my wife used to collect, uh, what, what were they, green stamps, I believe, and collect the green stamps, and then you get enough of them, you can redeem it for something. And that means that you use that in exchange. We have been redeemed. Redeemed by the blood of the Lamb, and we were bought back from the devil. Satan had us, but Jesus paid the price for our redemption. And now we belong to him. And God was thinking about us. That's why we're so precious to him. He was thinking about us when he gave Jesus to die for our sins. Can you imagine what it would be like and how we would feel if if we had absolutely no hope beyond this life. You see, what motivated God to give Jesus was the love that God had for the people that He created and put on this earth. God looked down from heaven and He saw, saw man, and saw man had broken His law. Going back to the Garden of Eden, Adam and Eve sinned and broke the law of God, and sin entered into the world. And sin is simply a violation of law. It's transgression of law. It's missing the mark. And when God saw that, he said, I've got to do something. And so God sent Jesus into the world to be the Savior of the world. 1 John 4, 14. That's how precious we are to God. He gave Jesus. Jesus emptied himself in the form of a servant being found in fashion as a man. He humbled himself unto death, yea, the death of the cross. Jesus was willing to die for you. And God was motivated by love. For God, soul of the world, that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. That's how important you are to God. That's how precious you are to God. He gave Jesus to die on the cross for you. He died in your stead. But another thing that points out how precious you are to God is the fact that He gave us the Bible. In other words, He not only inhabited, gave the earth to be inhabited, and he not only looked down and saw that man needed to be redeemed, he knew that man needed instructions. 
that men could read and understand and know how to extricate themselves from the pit of sin. Folks, we can't save ourselves. That There's not anything that I could ever do to, to earn or to merit the, the salvation that God offers through His Son, Jesus. Some people think they're good enough. I had a man tell me that one. I think I'm okay just like I am. I said, you mean you think that you'll be okay without the blood of Jesus? He said, yeah, I think so. I think so. Well, the problem with that is, number one, think so's don't save your soul. And number two, the blood of Jesus is absolutely essential. Apart from the shedding of blood, there's no remission. And I tried lovingly to talk to him about his soul, but he was dead set. He was okay like he was. But God knew we couldn't do it, save ourselves. So he gave us a, a, a way that we can know what to do. We call it the Bible. And in the Christian age in which we live today, he's given us the gospel. And it is by studying the gospel of Christ that we learn what we must do to go to heaven one day. The Bible is so vital. Think of the Bible as kind of like a road map. Think about it as a chart and a compass or a, or a light to see you through the darkness. You know, David said, your word is a lamp to my feet. It's a light to my path. It lightens our way. In Isaiah 8 and 20, the Bible says to the Lord of the testimony, if they, if they speak not according to this word, there is no light in them. When men reject the law of God, the will of God, it plunges them into moral and spiritual darkness. Try to imagine the world without the Bible, can you? The Bible really is the source of so many of the laws that we have in this land. The principles upon which this nation was built, the judeo Christian values of this country all go back to the Bible. All go back to the Word of God. But you see, God saw that we needed to, some help and some guidance to find out how to learn about Jesus, His Son. And so all Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. That the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. If everything I need to know about heaven is in the Bible. Everything I need to know about how to treat my wife is in the Bible. Everything I need to know about how to treat my neighbor is in the Bible. Everything I need to know about how to worship God is in the Bible. Everything I need to know about what to do about my sins is in the Bible. Peter said this in 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 3, we have all things that pertain to life and godliness. So what does the Bible teach? What does the Bible say? God loved us so much, we were so precious to Him, so precious, that He gave us the Bible. And if we take the Bible out of society, as some are trying to do, there's going to be a moral and spiritual vacuum.
And in some quarters today, there is already that moral and spiritual vacuum because they have taken the inspired Word of God out of their lives and out of their thinking. They've tried to eliminate it from their minds. As a matter of fact, some would like to outlaw the Bible today. I'll remind them that they're not the first that tried to do that many years ago. Going back hundreds of years, people tried to eliminate copies of the Old Testament Scriptures. And then there were those that tried to eliminate copies of the entire Bible. But the Bible continues to live. It just seems as the more that men try to oppose it, the greater the truth shines. So I'm not too concerned about the Bible being destroyed because Jesus said, Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word shall not pass away in Matthew 24 and verse 35. God, God was so concerned about us. When he looked down from heaven, we were so precious to him that he gave us the Bible to teach us what to, how to live our lives. And we were so precious that, that we can understand that we are never, ever outside his care. Notice what he said here in Isaiah 43, I've loved you, I'm with you. And then he said, don't fear anything, don't fear, I'm with you. We're never, ever outside of his care. At the death of Moses, Joshua took over the leadership of Israel. And that must have been fearful for him to think, now I've got to take Moses' place. And the Lord said, as I was with Moses, so I'll be with you. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. That's how precious you are to God. You're never outside his attention. Never, ever outside his care. You know, you're precious to God. And you're so precious to God, friend, that, that, that He loves you and He wants you to serve Him and His Son. I'd urge you to become a New Testament Christian by giving your life to Christ through faith in Jesus, repentance of sin, confession of faith in Christ, baptism into Christ, because Jesus said, He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. Would you not do that today? Let us help you. Visit the Church of Christ in your community. Call now, right now, for the free Bible correspondence course. Be the greatest thing you've done for yourself in a long, long time. I want to thank you for watching, getting to know your Bible today. And until we meet again, may the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you is my prayer. We want to help you as much as possible in your search for a personal relationship with God. You can now easily access our free Bible correspondence course online at gettingtoknowyourbible.com. If there's any way we can help you grow closer to God, please email us at knowyourbible at golftel.com or call us anytime at 1-877-711-5214.
Getting to Know Your Bible has been presented by Churches of Christ. If you have a question about the church, or if you would like the location of a Church of Christ near you, or to receive the free Bible course, write to Getting to Know Your Bible, P.O. Box 314, Summerdale, Alabama 36580, or call 1-877-711-5214. Join us next time for Getting to Know Your Bible.